We're going. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to B Tech Philosophers, Woo-hoo. episode eight, with me, your host, Michael Odawale. And you might have heard a feminine whoop whoop in the building. It's me. Yes, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> that's our producer Victoria with his famous velvety feminine tones. But no, we have a we have a new co-host at the minute mm-hmm. because uh, Phoebe, who is our regular producer, Phoebe Hopwood. That's the name. Phoebe Hopwood. That's the name you were given. That was the name I was given, and, and the, the name you—that's the name you're sticking with. Unfortunately, she is our current co-host at the minute because Elliot is Woo-hoo! is away. We are yeah. wooing him being away. No, we're not wooing him being away. But I've prepared. Mm. I drank three beers mm. and punched a wall on my way here to kind of get just that, get into that masculine headspace, toxic, just unaddressed homosexuality energy yes. that Elliot has because Elliot is like knee deep in the white at the moment. Yes. In terms of he's in Austria. Of course. Snowboarding, snowboarding. and doing comedy. Yeah. And probably cocaine. Maybe. Uh, maybe. That's unconfirmed. It would be on, on brand, but we can't, it's unconfirmed. But he's away for this week. He'll be back next week. But we're good to have you, good to have you on this side Thank of the table. How does it I'm, feel? Oh, it's weird. How's it weird? How does it feel to be on this side I can't hide behind all these screens. Mm. Like, if you get boring, and I, if switch, I, get, if and I, get I boring. switch off, like, my eyes just go dead. Like, you'll see that. Right. I'll notice that I'll feel offended. And the podcast will also suffer because you yeah. will not know what I've said. You can't see me falling asleep behind that desk. This is true when I'm talking. So the min- minimum we ask for is you just pay attention during this podcast. During this recording. And Vittorio, if you see any non paying attention, just do a quick finger snap. Yeah. Just bring the room back. Mm, just like a Ooh. like a black applause. Just that like a spoken word night. Just like a mm, yeah, powerful. So not so less of a sassy. Just kind of like, like you know, just like supportive, like mm. oh, supportive. Like I a, thought it was like, hey, get there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Now nah, just more like a supportive finger snap because claps are tr- tr- triggering. Yeah, the hand wave, like the, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, yeah so no, because that's got a deten- detention for doing that. For doing what? Silent hand clapping. Why were you doing it? Was there a deaf kid in your class? No. Who did so we were told to do it in our French classes growing up. I think it's just because so, they were annoyed with like. They didn't want to hear the sound of clapping. Okay. And so I was just doing some silent hand clapping, also known as jazz hands, because yeah. they are interlinked. And yeah, we had a substitute PE teacher. I didn't clearly understand the, the cultural nuances, mm. and I got a detention. Your PE teacher was upset with movement. Which is... Surprising. <laughs> surprising, Because you could yeah. have been working the wrist fat. Yeah, I was preparing myself for badminton. Fat, fat wrist these days, I've noticed. Yeah. They ain't working. And as, as you can see by my wrist, mm. it's quite thin. If there are any kids listening and, and you are self-conscious about your wrist, there are support lines mm-hmm. um, that we'll post at the end of the pod to, to kind of help you with that. But also feel free to just be fingerless. It's not fingerless, but just just be waving. Yeah. Just to, you know, to support the, the, the fatness of your wrist. Yeah. How's your, <laughs> how's, how's, your, how's, your, how's your week been, Phoebe? Oh, you said you wouldn't ask that question. But you did have an event this week. You had a you 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 were co-host. Last you, week. Th- yeah yeah yeah. This isn't this isn't my first time hosting. You're you kind of you, obviously because you've been cheating on us with another pod and which you had a had a before, live show which I was doing before mm. I started your pod. Oh oh yeah. So it's not cheating. But we were like the new boyfriend that came in and you were like yeah. enamored by us. Yeah. And the then, hot saucy affair. And the, the other doing pod. the things that Adif won't let me do. Yeah. 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 We let you. Yeah. You let me sit on this side. We let you sit on the chair. Yeah. 
embarrassed. That's the and and how was that? Was that had that, that feel good? The it was first really kind of live comedic. Yeah, it was really fun. What I didn't get is that I wore an outfit that I thought was a joke. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, an all-in-one flared leopard print like collar zip-up all-in-one thingy. Okay. And everyone was like, "You look really nice. You look really cool." No one thought it was a joke. And I've played myself now to a point where even I don't know. So I thought that was a joke. Yeah. No one else did. They just like, oh, that's that's very that's unbrand. That's BB. And they accepted it. Because you were wearing like a green dinosaur. That's an alien hat. hat an alien hat. Yeah. And I saw that and I, I didn't even bat an eyelid. I was just oh, on really? Instagram. That, I just scrolled past. A, that's part of a story. Like a funny story. Oh, really? On the pod. Yeah. We're not, don't, we won't Which I'm not going to. No, 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 no. I'm not going to say it. But that's a very, uh, you know, I think that's kind of your style. Yeah, it's that, very that, that like was a... Vivian Westwood <laughs> slash <laughs> slash. Um, I don't I don't know another name. I don't. I feel like I've dressed as a watermelon today. You're saying this because you're quite you're quite purple, pink and green. That's not watermelon. Look at the eyeliner. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay, pink there's not enough green coming out. Okay, but that, yeah, I see what you did. It's very individual hints. hints. Decision. It was a hint of like a watermelon flavor. You know when you get flavored waters, mm-hmm. that's what I'm dressed as today. No, actually, no, watermelon squash. You're dressed like watermelon squash. It's yeah, too purple. Purple. You're too purple. What to be watermelon? Yeah, I'm a bruised watermelon. You dress like Barney, if anything. <laughs> so rude. And I went from watermelon <laughs> to come out a dinosaur. But then you also kind of have the temperament of Barney. In terms larger of than life. Larger than life. Good with kids. I've not seen you with children, but I imagine you would be. I've had jobs with them. I am allowed. You're allowed to? Yeah. And you're quite positive. Yeah. Like, I feel like you like and Barney would respond the same. Yeah. Doesn't he sing and dance around? He I'll does. I'll do that when I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you've dressed as, I don't know, what's on the top of your hat? What is that? It's a, it's, um, it's a logo. Yeah. That's but falling off. Yeah. Oh. That's that's all that says on my hat. But we kind of because I I dyed my hair oh, recently. Yeah. I I went blonde, so that I'm I'm not really known for sort of making bold fashion life choices. Really? What would you say? Why, why was that noise, Victoria? The cloudy fleece. I was going to bring up the cloudy fleece. It's a fleece with clouds on it. It's, it's a statement it's, piece. It's, it's, no, it's good. It's not really like you know blowing the the waters out. It's just a fleece with the sky. It's a statement piece. It's a yeah. statement piece. Yeah. Well, I would I would say my hair going blonde. That's that's my first real like standing out in a permanent way because I can always take off the fleece. That's true. You can always cut off your hair. This is true, but you I can't do it like just ran out the random on the train. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I well, just, you could. Actually, People would judge you. There's you a could. degree of permanence too. There's a degree of 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 permanence, and I think that just comes with getting older, and you just want to make more what's the word i'm looking for you want to make more individualistic choices you want to stand out be an individual you want to stand out and be an individual and that is coincidentally kind of our topic of the week you see how i got there so organically oh my gosh like thank you that segue right there oh thank you man i've been waiting for that for a long time yeah phoebe doesn't know how to do that you don't know how to do that i do know how to do that I do know how to do that, do you, and I do, you do have often do. Like the Charlie Sloth fire in the booth, just glass smashing noise. No, no. but can we've got a Glockenspiel. Can we? Can, can we? No, nah, that's not. That's <laughs> not really the vibe. Because I heard Glock, and I thought I thought that was a type of gun. No. I'm not gonna lie. No, no, do you have a gun? No. Mm-hmm. No, no violent sounds. 
Only laughter and happiness here. This is clapping. That's triggering. That's no finger snaps. That's no finger snaps sorry, right there. I'm very sorry. That's right. You've just... Yeah, this is a safe space. Um, okay. Well, we don't have to go through the whole... <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to go through everything in there. But I, I kind of wanted to talk about... Because the reason I wanted to talk about individual individuality mm-hmm. is because I saw uh, a tweet that you posted... I did. ...on your story. And somebody was condemning the concept of individuality. They were basically saying that we've we've gone too far as a society. And then we need to, like, we've, we've become selfish beings. We don't care about the community anymore. We don't care about the collective. And it's kind of weird to see somebody criticizing that because, you know, growing up, as we've grown up in the West, we've kind of been told being an individual, that is the norm. That is the basics. You know, mm. you figure out who you are. You figure out, you know, how you fit into the world as a person. Everyone says look out for number one. Look out for number one. Not the number twos. They're in the back. You look out for you first. And I've always been taught that that is how you make your way in the world, figuring out who you are as as a person. So as opposed to like groupthink, as opposed to like, you know, everyone's always like, don't be a sheep. But, you know, sheep, you know, on the conversely, apart from the getting killed part, sheep live wonderful lives. You know, they got this grass. Yeah. They get shaved. They don't even have to be asked. They just get shaved. I've got a question with that, around. with that with that phrase. Because everyone's like, don't be a sheep, be a shepherd. Mm-hmm. But if everyone was shepherds, there'd be no sheep to shepherd. And then your job would be... Like, you wouldn't be a shepherd then, would you? Are you a shepherd if you have no sheep to herd? I also, like... If you're a shepherd, like, you have to do, like, invoices and stuff. <laughs> you have to negotiate. It's not fun. It's not, it's not nearly as fun as being a sheep. Again, apart from the part where you get turned into a bolognese. Would a Me. shepherd doing invoices be sheep accounting or accounting sheep? Uh, <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. that. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's okay. It's not pretty. It's okay. It's okay. I'm giving him some. You're gonna give me some finger snaps for that. But I wanted to know, like, because you, obviously you posted it. So did you post that in terms of that that tweet about individuality? We Let can we can we can it. bring it up. Let me find. But when you posted it, were you just trying to? You know, trying to ruffle was, the feathers. I was just seeing what, what people's thoughts were. Oh, so you're not the type of person where you post something and that is what your belief is? No, unless I've said it. Retweets are not endorsements. No. That's what people say. Yeah. Do you know what I don't like about Twitter? You People can just see what you've liked. You Just, just what you've liked yeah, exactly. and now they're judging you. Can I do that too? I judge people of what they like. We used to have that on Facebook as a feature. Is it really? Anything that you liked, anyone's photos, it would come up. That was a great time. You could really like see whatever. Do you was know doing. what was the best time? And this was bottom of the barrel. You've scrolled through every social media that you have. Yeah. When people had visible top friends on Snapchat, so you could mm-hmm. see who was getting with each other. Do you remember the box in Facebook as well? How was that a sign that you could see who was getting with yeah, each other? Yeah, yeah, So you would yeah. go onto someone's Snapchat and it would tell you the top three people that they had Snapchatted with the most. Oh, it was so exciting. I never had Snapchat. But they had that in the Facebook so box you could as well. You put you put your friends, like yeah. you put like your top friends in that Facebook box. But Snapchat wasn't a choice. It was just no, the true. numbers of who it was the stats. Yeah. So I'm gonna read out okay. the tweet, because I got it. Yeah. I'm gonna credit the person who tweeted it. Their at is Asian symbols. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> it's wait, whoa, listen, wait, listen, it's not I'm not saying that's the name of their account. I'm saying that it does, it does have it underneath. Oh, but okay, Ung 
and Nyung Undung G. Oh, that's yeah. um, Vietnamese. Is that okay? Asian symbols, like I said. Yeah. We're in the remit of the continent. Um, so this could also like that could be a sign of why they've tweeted what they've True. tweeted because obviously east west west we're more individualistic our side east mm-hmm. it is more of a collectivism be did, part of the community did we speak about that on a previous episode we, we, we touched on it we touched on it a bit but now we're yeah, going when in, you spoke about the rice yeah rice we're going in depth let me read out the tweet what's the guy's name i'll get his whole twitter up you want me to spell out his app yeah u n g n yeah y e o dong G. Yeah, I find him. Individualism is rubbish. The individual is an entirely powerless unit. It cannot give birth to itself, cannot raise itself, educate itself, or change the world itself. It is entirely a product of the people and environment around it. To emphasize the individual is an error. Mm. To emphasize the individual is an error. It's basically saying, I guess, that no man can walk alone, but we've created this mindset. No, No person can walk alone but we've created a mindset in our in the west that you can do that and is that ultimately wrong that oh, for example the whole idea of a self-made millionaire billionaire is that is that a fallacy do you think for example is there no such thing as a self-made let's say you're well, working okay, class well, the, the examples they give though is yeah. you can't give birth to yourself no you can't raise or educate yourself or change the world itself when they say you can't educate yourself, obviously you can locate the sources, but you're obviously reading somebody's work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you're you're yeah. you're using resources that have been made. Then you're forming your own opinion in that sense. But can you say like you can say maybe you you always have to give credit to some sort of hype. No matter what you yeah. do, you're using. Let's say you're a self-made millionaire, and you know you say I did it all by myself. You're still using resources that have been yeah. created by other people around you. You're driving on roads that have been built by other, by taxpayer money. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 very impossible to just say in a vacuum, no. I did it all by myself. Even if like in a very what's the word literal sense, you can say like I didn't have too much. I didn't have a benefactor. I didn't have nepotism. Mm-hmm. But just by the fact that you're using resources that There's other people have put forward, that we're all part of. Yeah, I would say it's hard to argue against that. Yeah, but at the same time, we still—I believe—that we still need individuals, kind of with the mindset, to be like to not think from the crowd and then help create something. Do you know what I mean? Because if we're all mm-hmm. thinking collectively, maybe, you know, it's not enough outside the box thinking. You need some people who are outside the box. True. That doesn't mean that they're. But it, okay, maybe it's where they're coming from, where they're thinking. Okay. Are they thinking from a selfish and individualistic point of view or are they thinking for the collective? Maybe that's what they're talking about. Where do the motive for their actions come from? Mm. Well, Vittorio doesn't believe that. In, wait, I don't know. What do you not believe? Basically, when I posted this, he just replied saying, wrong. That's a great reply. And just, then I think I phrased it well when I replied. Yeah, you did. You didn't even need to I, give it any context. Can I just read out yeah, what you said? Yeah, just read it out. Shall I do it in your accent? Yeah, do it. I can't do an Irish accent. No, do it in the person from the original tweets accent. Yeah, do it in the Vietnamese. <laughs> Asian symbol accent. Phoebe, don't I'm do not, it. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to. I'm not going to. Uh, to reject the power of the individual is cowardice. Cow- you, you, cowardice. Said, you said that. Yeah. You said cowardice. Mm-hmm. 
says a strong group is made up of individuals all carrying as much as they can manage. The strength of the individual defines the strength of the group in the exact same way as the strength of the group defines the strength of the individual. You applied that in someone's comments, that whole thing. I replied There's to more. Phoebe. Wow. Both are important, but if we're honest with ourselves, we can only control one, the individual. That's I'd never That's profound. No matter what, I just drop fire emojis in people's phones. <laughs> I, I don't ever engage in what the yeah fire. My grandma died. Fire, fire, fire. Cremation. Yeah, just in girls emojis like oh without me, you know what I mean. <laughs> but um, that's 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 a pretty strong, fully formed opinion. You didn't just see that. You've you've had thoughts on this for a while, waiting to get out. Mm. Yeah, I would say so. Is that informed maybe even by your 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 Irish background? Uh, I don't know if it comes from an an Irishness. Uh, I think sometimes uh, being Irish, you get lumped into being like people defining you by the group you're a part of rather than who you are as a person. And I try to fight against that. Mm. I don't want people to. I don't want to just be the Irish guy. I would much rather just be a guy. Mm. So it's frustrating when I get on stage and I have to address my accent. Um, because people and then people assume things about where I'm coming from. Okay, that's interesting. So when you do a gig, do you feel like there is an elephant in the room if you don't bring up, like yeah, pretty I'll, soon? A bomb. You should like. Is this? Is this like? It's uh, happened. I try every so often. I'll try and do a gig without addressing the accent, and English audiences will just look at me and go, "Does he know he talks?" <laughs> like your flies undone or something. Yeah, just it's that. It's a, wow. it's, um Yeah, it's it's something wrong almost. So is that London based or just all around the country? Mm, or just more bigots? so, more so in London. Um, I think it's also because people struggle to place my accent. Mm. Whereas, like for if you're Australian, people generally like you, people know if you're American or something like that, um, or Scottish. Like people can clock it immediately, but mm. people haven't heard much of my accent, so they. Sometimes they think I'm American. Sometimes they think I'm uh, Scottish. Sometimes they think I am like from Liverpool or somewhere like that. So I think there's just a something that, that some audiences, as a group, need clarifying. So you kind of you kind of you reject the monolith. You don't like being lumped in. I mean, because some people they find comfort in sort of being part of like a big cultural yeah. collective. Do you get any Cards. sort of? <laughs> it's scary to step out and define yourself by who you are rather than what you're a part of. Yeah. It's much scarier to do that and people don't like doing that anymore. But is it necessary to do that? Because like, if you're part of the collective, you don't have to have, you don't have to figure out who you are. It's there. You're, you're the, the thing has already been made. Just, That's so comforting, isn't it? Isn't it? But then the group says something and you go, I don't know about that. But you can't say anything. Yeah. Because it's scary. Yeah. But maybe we should just I feel that our opinions well. on how we yeah. feel with people in groups. Because for example, when people are if people are really racist, mm -hmm. they and then so often they'll meet like an individual person who they might have like persecuted against before and then they're like, "Oh, well well, I hate like all Irish people apart from Victoria." That never happened. <laughs> it's always the other way around. <laughs> we get that but, phrase, you're one of the good ones. Yeah. And have, you like, seen, have you ever seen Daryl Davis? Do you know Daryl Davis? He's sounds familiar. American black guy who's a musician and he um, has converted like, so I think it's a couple hundred people out of the KKK. Yeah, I think I have heard of this story actually. By yeah. like befriending them. Yeah. 
So he kind of got them just because one on one. But that's because I think we respect the individual more than we respect a group. Really? In a way. It's because it's a lot easier. As comedians, naturally, we generalize when we're talking about. Have to. Because like you can't, I can't like just pick people apart. I have to, I have to say like for the purpose of the joke. Yeah. Women be shopping. (laughs) (laughs) I can't just be like, well, individual women did it. Women be shopping. And because it works for the greater bit. Do you know what I mean? And do you, you know, do you be shopping, Phoebe? I haven't shopped in a while, but I miss it. When you shop, you be shopping. Mm -hmm. When you get to shopping, Mm -hmm. you be shopping. I am a woman. You are a woman. Do you ever, like, as a woman, do that thing where, like, do you like being like part of collective womankind. Do you ever do that? I'm not like the other girls. I literally said that the other day. <laughs> because because I'm are not very a, good at being like a girly girl. Are you a peg me bitch? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm not very good at being a girly girl. So I was like stressing over the fact I really couldn't do my makeup very nicely. I've not kept my skin well recently. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I wish I was more like a girly girl and paid more attention and cared more. Yeah. But I was too busy. I love life. this this look. The, this was the better today. This was better Barney today. look is amazing. Yeah, yeah. but um, collectively, you don't really like because there, there's uh, there's even probably a group of girls mm-hmm. who subscribe to that. Like we're not yeah. the girly girls. So that even is a group in itself. Yes. Do you think as human beings we naturally kind of do like being in groups? Because even I think as you an need individual, to find group. yeah. But it's, it's not even necessarily all this idea of tribe things. I think it's because there's so much data mm-hmm. in the world, like oh, wow. like so many. Uh, things that we could what's it called schemas you have to compartmentalize things yeah you have you have to like make sense of it you have to put things into groups just so that you won't have to um, like top-down processing so if i walked into this room and i did uh top-down processing i'd go it's a podcast studio and then i'd go it's got three four cameras a laptop blah, blah 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 um but then if I came in and went, right, it's got one, two, three, four cameras, a laptop, some microphones, a table, curtains. Oh, it must be a podcast studio. So that's the difference. And autistic people often do bottom-up processing. Ah. Are you more of a bottoms-up or a bottom-down kind of guy? I do, uh, the, the first one. Mm. I probably, yeah, I just, do, I, 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 you sum it up. Top-down, yeah. Yeah, you sum it up as soon as you walk in, you kind of get the vibe. Mm. And that, that that seems to make more sense to me. I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Like I, I remember, I was reading this book. I said reading it. I like you know the good. You reads. looked at the pictures. Yeah, mm. I looked at the pictures, and I just read a couple of views called Sapiens, mm-hmm. and it's like the history of Earth from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like from the very beginning, if you're not in the group, you're you're dead. You're dying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like you know you got the group. The group's making the fire. You don't want to be outside the fire group because then you're in the cold. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that that's the way the world kind of was running everywhere until about, I'm so bad at history. I've just basically gone from prehistoric cavemen to about the 18th century. Yeah. Yeah. So that's- Blink of an eye. Small, small jump. And then that's when like you got like Picasso and like Banksy and them man there. And then they were doing like paintings <laughs> and stuff. And everyone's like, ah, oh, yeah, we need to be more individuals because we like these paintings and yeah. we want to be Renaissance people. So like him, so like Banksy- Picasso and Michelangelo, they like basically just held a conference and like people, yo, just be yourselves. All three of them together. Oh, they did. Yeah, it was like um, it was like an Apple type conference where they were presenting their paintings and they were like, yo, uh-huh. just just be Renaissance people, just be yourselves. And then that kind of started the individualist movement. Is Do you it, think it's hard? Or is it that the group 
provides a level of comfort and safety and security mm -hmm. that allows the individual to flourish. I was about to drop that one more time. Bring up this. Reload it. We're pretending one fire in the booth. Reload it. Reload it. The society had to get. You've never watched fire in the booth. I was just doing a rewind noise for you. <laughs> the group provides a level of safety security that allows the individual to flourish. Okay, yeah. So you need to find your group, and then within your own like collectives, there are individuals that can then flourish because you feel safe in your position. And if you don't, if you're not ultimately flourishing for the benefit of the group, is that a betrayal? But if you live your best life, your best self, then you can help other people. You but cannot. Not, you cannot pull people, from. Not a, everyone is from a cup that's not full. You can't pull from a cup. That's not full. Right. That's what I mean, they say. You've got, you got to fill up your own cup and then top up other people's. But you can pour if the cup you is can, not full. You can, but then you'll burn out. You must have your cup overflowing. The cup will burn? No, you will. But I'm the cup. No, you have to make no, the metaphor no, no, work no. within you're the... the. You're the liquid within the cup. I'm the liquid. I think so. I don't know. No, Basically, your cup, your cup needs to be full. Your cup, everyone's, cup. everyone's, everyone's cup needs to be full. Every your your cup, mm -hmm. someone else's cup, like my cup's not full, mm -hmm. but you can't, your cup's not full either. So you can't pour anything into me. I found an article about the empty cup. Wait, so if my cup Sorry, is- Sorry, Victoria, no one cares apparently. If my <laughs> cup is full, yeah, and then I pour into your cup. Then we've got a little bit each. But then I'm, my cup's not, you exactly. just said so my your, cup your needs can't be, be poured. Filled to overflowing, and then your overflow can fill my cup and fill me up. Okay. No, oh, oh, okay. didn't mean it like that. But anyway. So you have to wait until you're at your highest before you can help other people is what you say. That's what they say. But also to help yourself is a way of helping others. Mm. What's your article? Uh, well, it says there's a saying that's been on my mind. You can't pour from, from an empty cup. Uh, we often talk about self-care, but it can be difficult in a world that values hard work and productivity. While it's true that sometimes pushing ourselves can be uh, good for us, we need to be aware of our personal limitations and aim for a happy medium. Um, so you need to look after yourself, improve yourself. And if you improve yourself, you become a more valuable member of the group. Mm -hmm. If you work on your own skills, your own well-being, then you can contribute more to the group and improve the group. That's true. To be fair, you can, you, can pour f you can help someone else and not burn out because some people thrive on helping others. Yeah, so this idea, like, we've got billionaires right now and... Like a lot of them being criticized because they're not doing enough philanthropy. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to wait till you're a billionaire to be helping. I think, you know, most people who are helping other people, they're not necessarily in the best financial situation. They're just like, mm. I'm going to just help other people my whole way through. You know what I mean? So by the time you get to being a billionaire, you've probably exploited so many people already. Yeah. It's it's too late to help. Oh, your helping is superfluous or cover up mm. for all the bad that you're already doing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very bad at keeping the conversation on point, but because I was reading about this whole concept of pull yourself up from the bootstraps, right? It's very famous terminology about how the individual yeah. can work their way up from the bottom up. Then I was Googling that phrase, pull yourself up from the bootstrap. It started out as a joke because obviously it's physically impossible to pull yourself up from the bootstraps. So that phrase, yeah. it began in the 1830s as a joke, but then it's kind of been adopted um, by sort of, I guess, sort of, you know, capitalist, individualistic people to be like, yo. I feel like that's a metaphor for how everything is happening for life at the moment. Something sounds like a joke mm. 
and we all just go okay and just carry and we, on and living and then we accept it yeah yeah so it's it's quite interesting like because obviously if you're part of a community mm-hmm. you're everyone's wearing the same boot it's not your own bootstrap everyone's in theory taking care of one another isn't that a it's kind like of idea world of to live in heaven and hell where you've got a banquet mm-hmm. but you've got really long forks to the point where you can't pick up the food and they say everyone in hell uh just it goes hungry but everyone in heaven realizes that if they feed other people then everyone can eat on the long forks your metaphors are so beautiful thank you there's another one where it's like um the secret what if the secret to eternal life is licking your elbow but obviously you can't lick your elbow but then we should all come together and lick each other's elbows that that. sounds like some really weird dodgy all right big fork bitch yeah also, I guess. Excuse me, excuse me, big fork, bitch. I like that. That was strong. You came in strong. I like it. I'm not mad at it. The um, BFB, they call it. BFB. <laughs> but I, I, I guess in a, in a way, you know, collectivism. You know, in inferior sounds kind of nice. I guess there's plenty of examples in real life of it. Let's sum up. You need a bit of both. We need a, well, we're not summing up yet because we're not, <laughs> not, not finished. It's a very quick we're podcast. We're nah, but, but, so you need to be enough of a... Strong, we're, we're done, no, we're, we're done, we're done. I've got places to be with my big fork. <laughs> People to poke. How big is this fork? It has Could to be it longer be as, than your arm for the metaphor to make sense. So longer than just one arm or two, because I'm five foot four, so my wingspan is five four. But one arm, because the, the the issue is you can't. Yeah. But you can always hold a fork closer to. Because if it's end really big, fork. you could just turn it round, and it's like. Uh, but if it it's too big, then you, if you turn it round, it's past your head. Exactly. But so it needs to be just, longer than. But you me. can just put your hand further up the fork. Yeah, these people are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> these people are absolute idiots. Maybe it's made of like really heavy material. No, because then you wouldn't be able to It'd pick it up. It'd be worse at the end. Well, you'd have to pick it up with two hands. I was lost just in the original metaphor, <laughs> let alone the extended. You said it was extended. beautiful. Yeah, I was just trying to move on. In a, is it, what I meant is like it was better than the the cup one. What? Why are you hating on my metaphor? I just feel like they're so long. They're, the fork one that was short. Well, no, it's long. No, that was a fork, long one. Yeah. Should we circle back to because you were talking about sometimes you feel uh, maybe trapped by the idea that or like feel a weight of um you're representing your community anytime you oh just uh, you know, as, a, as, a, as a black person yeah i mean of course like i feel like there is that kind of monolithic thinking in terms of you know you I, keep saying monolithic what does it mean cause i've heard that phrase used by someone before well it's basically when people say things like black people think this yeah they're treating black people as a monolith rather man we than don't go camping i don't but you know, maybe some I, people do. David uh, Goggins does. He's black. <laughs> David Goggins. I don't know who that is. That's not a black Doesn't name. Same like you <laughs> See, just made it up the off the top of your head. David, David Goggins. Goggins. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's, there's. I guess that there's that thing where you feel kind of weird going outside of the of what you think your community is supposed to think. But who who are you worried will judge you for that? Your what? community or people outside of your community? I guess that's that's the thing though. Like. A bit of both. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like you don't want to say something that's like too accepted by the whites. Because then you're like, oh, they gonna, my community is going to be like, oh, he's a coon or something. Depending on what you're thinking. And there is kind of that safety and sort of like, 
a lot of things within the community are are, are really beautiful, but then there, there's certain things where, you know, you don't feel that love and then you feel like a, a bit of an outsider. Um, actually, I was watching um, a really good comedy special this week, Gerard Carmichael, uh, as a comedian, uh, and he, uh, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but he, in his special, he, he talks about how he came out as gay and like he received a lot of love from a lot of people, but then just certain members within his family, like the black community, you know, he felt kind of judged by, or it was conditional love, and he kind of addressed that. So things like that, uh, and it's not you know being gay, not just black community thing. Lots of different communities where you would feel that judgment, but certain things that are individual about yourself, you you would feel like you'd want that love from your community, but you don't get it, and that's I guess maybe when you start turning away and seeing the benefits of being a individual. I would say. Um, but I think that's kind of like what you said, that there's kind of benefits to both because even within the collective, you, you do ask yourself like, well, who who is in charge? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like who is leading this collective group of people and telling this is the right way to do things. This is how we've always done but things. But it's not, I'm thinking it's more like making a decision that's for the benefit of the community. So but who is example, doing that? So for example, COVID, mm-hmm. wearing masks mm-hmm. because oh, I know that's a touchy subject. Some people say that didn't but like we were told that was supposed to help so the people that didn't wear it because they didn't like wearing a mask because they found it a little bit my freedom has been uh, not no no not even that far just someone that was like oh do i have to i've just done my makeup i don't want to ruin it by going on the train i'm sure i won't kill someone mm. but you don't know that for the benefit of everyone the best the, the moral thing to do in that moment was to put the mask on yeah so they're saying which way which which um, thought process is better there, individualism or community? Because uh, also, yeah. also, what about this? I feel like Instagram, Victoria, what do you think about this? In the rise of the marketing of the individual, everyone seems to have to have a USP as a person as well. Unique You've all got point. to stand out. Everyone wants that blue tick. And like, yeah, we kind of have to define whatever. ourselves like, oh, I'm quirky and I do one liners. Do you know what I mean? As a, as a person, well, maybe if you're collective, you'd be like, you know what? I'm a I'm a good husband. I'm a good. But couldn't couldn't you just be a comedian that's happy to like sit back and let people enjoy themselves? You make them laugh. Do you have to be the best? Do you have to conquer comedy? Yeah, because you want to see your enemies fail and die. Okay, you want to see your enemies fail and die. I think, but that's the what kind of in a comedy is quite an individualistic mm. field. It's just Very you out there. Strong. So, of course, I think naturally there's that competitive element of wanting to be the best and you want to you kill on every night you're on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, uh, it has to be a balance. I mean, because you could end up collaborating with some really good yeah, group some, of people. Some people don't think like that, though, do they? Yeah. Some people are like, no, I want to be the best. I've got Victoria. Overseas. No, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. But, um, I'll I, say there's an element I of that within you, no? Some element of wanting to be the best, but it's about... I don't think um, you're like, but the, pull but, up the ladder but, behind you so no, that no one else all. can know. Not at all. And also what you have to remember is ideally, as much as the comedian is seeking validation from the audience, they're hoping to provide some kind of benefit or But you need you need the audience as well. Yeah. You really need the audience so that you can then enjoy your experience. That's a very interrelation... In, what's it called? I, Interrelational relationship? Yeah, I think that's tough. Transactional, whatever. Mm. But I have said this on other podcasts, but stand-up comedy is the only art form where the audience takes the same risk as the performer. 
So if you say something that might be a bit on the edge, a bit controversial, a bit stepping outside of what the group might think, and only one person in the audience laughs, then there's two dickheads in the room. Mm-hmm. There's a comedian on stage and dickhead in the room who agrees or found it funny, and everyone else goes, ah, oh, look at those two dickheads. So at the same time as the comedian is, takes that risk to say the thing and put him or herself out there, then the audience members do the same to say, I agree, I understand that thought process, I know where you're coming from, and everyone's on the line, everyone's vulnerable and everyone's at risk, and you don't really get that in True, else. but audiences, laughter is sometimes a bit of an impulsive thing that comes out, isn't it? Yeah, ideally. Because you do see some people laugh and then go, oh my God, I can't believe I just laughed. That's the best laugh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think some of the best comedy is when you see a comedian say a premise and the audience don't quite go with it, and then you see them slowly explain it and give their justification. And it may, maybe the audience, if they still don't agree, they've, they've come with you on that on that journey. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's like a community of like understanding where each other's coming from, at least. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a really beautiful thing when I see some comedians do that. You know what I mean? So I feel like, yeah, there, there's definitely um, a collective element within that side of it that's that's very necessary and i think if you're too focused as a as an artist on just trying to be you know the best you're you're kind of erasing that what what is a beautiful side of of the art form because okay in a musical sense then there's collectives isn't there and that's normally like a group of very good musicians or artists that have come together mm-hmm. and they're all in their own rights but that sometimes they jam together mm-hmm. or they produce together or something rather than a band where you can sometimes lose members in the band because they're not, they're just seen as the group. Like if someone said to you, what does the drummer of Coldplay look like? You would not know. I wouldn't know. It could be Vittorio. I think it's Vittorio. He is a drummer. That's a Nish Kumar bit, isn't it? Is it? He said if he wanted to be anyone in the world, he would be the drummer from Coldplay. Oh, okay, wait, let let me use a different different example. I think if Nish was the drummer of Coldplay, I would pay more attention. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily know because he's sat down. No, but cause I just mean because it's a blend of white. No, but you might not notice. I would notice an Asian also, man. Also, his example was uh, the drummer from Coldplay has been in Game of Thrones um, in the Red Wedding, which is the most viewed episode of Game of Thrones, and he played uh, the drummer at the wedding, and people still didn't know that it was the drummer <laughs> from Coldplay. That is a perfect level of fame, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're probably not getting as much royalties as Chris, but you're in the band. Yeah, but do you need that much money? I'd say you're all right. You're, probably, you're doing all right. No one knows. What a wonderful life. Mm. That would be the perfect life. That's perfect level of just having a job. Well, an example of that is like Daniel Kitson. Would you like a Daniel Kitson-esque career? Maybe explain who Daniel Kitson is. As Daniel well. Kitson is sort of a... What's the word I'm looking for? A mystical comic. Cult mm. comedian. Cult comedian. Can draw crowds wherever he goes. But I guess like maybe to a wider British public, they might not know who he is, but he kind of has this very respected by his peers and has a, has a very... Passionate fan base will follow him wherever he goes, and uh, yeah, he has a he has a, a community of people, small powerful community of people. You know, you always. I think that that's quite a lot of pressure. Mm. If you've got a very small but very dedicated group, rather than Coldplay, large, large following, but no one really following the drummer. Yeah, I'd quite like that, because then you can just get on with the rest of your day. And not have to worry about necessarily whatever you're saying or doing. But if you've got a small group of people that are really following you, very dedicated. You know. Especially if they don't have jobs. You don't know. You don't know if they're employed or not. 
They don't know how much time in the day they have. And it's very interesting because you see this a lot, a bit, a bit with you know, sort of woker comedians. They've kind of they've built that sort of very passionate fan base, and then they say something that their own fan base yeah. no longer. That, that fan base will come at them harder than anybody they've cancelled on behalf of that's, the comic. That's the danger of the group, isn't it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's a very... I don't even know what you would call that. There's probably been books written about it or not, but it's very... It's almost like they're looking oh, to yeah. pounce on yeah. mistakes. They're like rabid dogs at the... Yeah. Um, and it's like you, you've created that monster. You are Mary Shelley. If you set yourself no, up No, she as, wrote the book. You're Dr. Frankenstein. You're Dr. Frankenstein. If you set yourself up as righteous... You've a long way to fall. Yeah. Yeah, on either side of the divide. You said that with such a straight face. No, it's because it's serious. Set yourself up a right. Serious, Phoebe. It's because I can't see his eyes either. Yeah, because there's even like... Because Victoria's gone blind. There's even people turning on Trump because Trump was like, no, y'all, y'all should take the vaccine. That's more Bill Clinton impression. But he was like, he's like telling people to take the vaccine and his own fan base is like, yeah, the vaccine... It's got AIDS in it and stuff like that. So you know they're, they're very, they're very. Know, it's very upset. You know, what I mean, you could, you, you know, if you if you say a certain thing, your own fan base is going to eventually consume you. Yeah, I don't know. But also, but also, I think that's the Trump one is slightly different. But if you say something and you're righteous and whatever, and people follow you not because they like you, but because they like something that you believe in, then they'll turn on you. They don't care about you mm. because they just care about your thoughts separate they don't see you yeah as an individual necessarily that's because you haven't stepped out as an individual you've just uh towed the yeah. party line is there any communities that you're a part of that you enjoy here just any any no no i'm saying here comedy community. comedy community I've you been enjoy welcomed. it i've been welcomed in, well i'm on the outside this is the thing you i'm not an actual job yeah i'm not an actual comedian yep i get all the goss I get, which actually I don't always, well, okay. <sighs> I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. I yeah, enjoy you it. love it. Um, no, I don't like it when people are mean about my friends, though. What are they saying about me? <laughs> They're just like, oh, why has he got a made up name? <laughs> 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 Did you like my one the other day? I liked Angus Tongs and Perfect Snogging. Huh? That's just a movie. That's his surname. Oh, that's my surname. Oh, no one can ever say his name. Angeloni, yeah. Angus Fons. That's funny. It's racist, but it's funny. Racist. Um, yeah, it's racist. It's a really problematic film, actually. It's xenophobic. Yeah, I'm not racist. I'm just xenophobic. So you're not like any part of like because there's some like weird communities, right? And it's like marginalized, but they kind of it's kind of like harmless. You know, like furries. Yeah, yeah. is that why you're Who asking? Who are they hurting? I guess. Who are they hurting? I've got I don't know. I've got a little jade necklace on today. Is that? That's a fairy reference. Yeah. Well, no, it's a, it's a spiritually... Not fairies. Furry. Furries. Oh. You know those people like dress up yes. as like characters from Zootropolis and... Yeah. And, and Who are they hurting? Character. No one, really. Oh. But it's also everyone like it. if you think about it. <laughs> everyone has to... I don't like or like it. My Little Pony people. People like My Little Pony and then they just... What, then they fuck it? Well, they just like draw fan art where they will be uh, engaging in intercourse or just close relations. So I find that weird because it's a kid's toy. Yeah, but like, you know, nah. it's just a pony. No, nah, but it's not. It's my little pony. Would you prefer for them to grow up and be horses before they engaged in 
Pardon? Ponies don't grow up to be horses. What? Ponies Wait, are what? a different thing. Ponies are different to horses. What's a young horse called? A horselet? Foal. Oh, yeah. What does a pony grow up to be? Bigger pony. pony. A bigger pony. What's the difference? Is it thinner legs? No, smaller. They get, Ponies are just small horses. Did they die Shetland and collapse on their own weight eventually? No. They just be ponies. No, that's yeah. a Shetland pony. They die and collapse under their own weight. Sometimes. I'm built like a Shetland pony. Very short that's legs. That's very funny. <laughs> you do have very stocky legs. Very well. short legs. Very Mr. Tumnessy. But a very long body and neck. Type legs. Have you ever worn just a red scarf? Like a Mr. Tumnus reference, that one. Oh, yeah. Mr. Tumnus reference. Mr. Tumnus from the... That's the second Mr. Tumnus reference. I made the first Mr. Tumnus. I know, so I said, did he wear a scarf? I was yes-anding you. Okay, sorry. I just... I thought you were trying to usurp me. No. Okay. No. Sorry, I get mad at Elliot when he does that. Uh, (laughs) I'm not Elliot. You're not Elliot. I'm not Elliot. You're not Elliot. Damn it. Just another white person just across another, the table. We all look the same. It's just all Coldplay and girls allowed to me. <laughs> what group? Okay, what community are you part of where you feel part of the community and also an individual? I guess maybe I'm a, I'm a Chelsea fan. So That's I, an interesting one. So it's a football club, support them. Mm-hmm. But they also kind of have allegations of racism. Yeah, they do. Pushing black people off trains and stuff. So Wait, what was that one? Oh, just in Paris after a game, they're pushing uh, a black man off a train. Right. So, repeatedly. Oh. He was trying to get on the train. They were pushing him off. Then he tried to get back on and the train. And they game. did a song about and it. And they pushed him off. That's and then they were like, we're racist and we like it. Which is a small section of the fans, but it's, it's allegations that have dogged the fan base many years, despite our many black players that have played under the club. So, something like that is, is quite interesting. Because I'll go to Chelsea games sometimes. And, you know, I'm supporting the team. But then I still feel a little bit like, you know... You'd be on edge, so it's, it's weird things how sometimes... So you can't actually enjoy the one thing that you go to enjoy. Right, yeah. So it is still like, I'm part of a collective, but I still kind of have an individual mindset of like, I'm aware of what I am, where I am. Is there any communities where you literally just become a part? Where you're just, uh, where you're not an individual? Where you are a, where a, a, an equal part to everyone else that's an equal part? It's interesting, because I, I meditate as well. I uh-huh. Try and, try and, I do meditation. Okay, and, so you're better than us. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the thing about meditation. You can meditate with other people who do the same type of meditation. And it is a collective being mm-hmm. of togetherness. And But it's interesting because meditation you can do for yourself. You can do it to just try and be sort of a, a more productive person, more focused. But I think you do do it to try and be a better person in the wider world. Yeah. To have more empathy for other people, more understanding and I think doing it with other people as well and trying to convince other people to do it, I think it comes from a place of you want to create a better collective of people. Yeah. I feel like, oh, it's, it's a bit airy-fairy, but I feel like even if like 2% of the world meditated every day, like the effects that would have on the other 98%, just by having that calmer, more positive energy, I think it makes for a better world. So then you're thinking for the collective rather than for the individual. I mean, not gonna lie, I do meditate like and and pray on my enemy's downfall a lot. Okay. Uh, so I do do that. <laughs> um, but I think collectively, like it is kind of good because ultimately I want to be a better person for myself. But I also think because I think when I'm the best version of myself, I can contribute to the world mm-hmm. and, and make it a better place to, to be in. If no one else was on this earth, would you want to better yourself, do you think? 
no one else is on the earth. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. Why would I? I'd probably be worried about my survival. Yeah. True. But in terms of like, for if what you didn't, purpose? If you didn't have to think about survival. So it's just me. Yeah. I, I guess not. I mean, like, because there's what? How? What bad could I be doing if there's no one to be doing it to? But just getting better for yourself. So like, reading more, so you'll become more knowledgeable. Writing, so you become but then what's, like yourself. What, if you can't flex it on anybody, this is what we've been trained to believe in a capitalist society that any um, learning has to be for the purpose of productivity. But learning for the sake of learning is kind of falling. Well, so I'm just also, writing poems uh, like a dickhead, just for nobody <laughs> to read. This is this is true, right? Actually, though, because right, you would never. I think as comedians as well. You guys need other people's laughter. You need to have that confirmation. Right. Whereas so I'm just maybe writing other and performing human... jokes to, to, to foxes <laughs> and pigeons. Well, yeah, what? that's the thing. That's the thing. So your job would would no longer exist, actually. Yeah. Right? Unless you just constantly no do Netflix. No job. I'm the only special. person. What are you working for if you're the only person on earth? What? I have a question. Yeah. Do you tell jokes to make people laugh or to make people think you're funny? Oh, shit. Okay. What's, wait, hang on. What's the difference? I did both. Yeah? Yeah. What's the difference? If someone laughs and then they go, haha, that guy's funny. But why are you doing it? Are you doing it to make them feel good or to make them think you're good? I very rarely take the audience into account. That's good. Their laughter doesn't, apart from the fact like I know it's supposed to be there, mm. it doesn't do much for me in my soul. There's a, cer there's a secret third answer where you tell jokes uh, to make you laugh. Yeah, I really even do that anymore. I look at my jokes. You even and be like, tell that's, jokes. Uh, that's funny. I know it's funny, and then, like, I know it's funny, and then it's like, okay, yeah. That's an interesting thing comedians do when you tell them a joke. They often won't laugh. Yeah, they'll go, "That's funny." Yeah, I guess because like just within the context of hearing it, just one on one. We've analysed it. We've analysed we it, and we've, it the mechanisms and the mathematics of it, and we're like, yeah, this I can see this is humorous. I'm not going to laugh out loud to your joke in a coffee shop like a maniac. Do you ever make yourself laugh on stage? On stage? Maybe like I'll have like, a, if if it's not crowd interaction. Yeah. I always get weirded out when comics just like busting up other material that they've Mike, written. I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> just when Vittorio's laughing at a joke. I've seen him do it seven times before. He's done it the same way every time. I'm like, what, what's funny? I what's funny? Because <laughs> I, I freak out about that. I'm like, why am I laughing? But there's something about when the audience laughs. I think it's so funny that they think that as well. I'm like, you guys are all mental. <laughs> now, there is a surprise. Also, where, that's like, a genuine laugh. I don't like it when comedians yeah, I'm not do their laugh. fake laugh. But I, because sometimes, obviously, here at Vauxhall, we have the two show days on the Saturday. Mm. So someone will come in for the brunch and they'll be doing something and I'm like, oh, they've kind of laughed on set. That's nice. And then they do the exact same thing in the exact same place in the exact same way. I'm like, oh no, you've just learned a bit and you've made people believe that it's you're having a nice moment, an individual moment with this audience, but actually... Yeah, shared experience, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, if it's like a proper cackle, I'll find that weird. If it's like just a giggle along with the line, I mean, it, it, nothing, nothing weird about that. It's not weird, but I guess you just... You feel manipulated? No, because I do understand it. I do understand why you do it. But it's just like... It's a shame. Like, once, when I was a bit younger, um, we went to see One Man, Two Governors 
on stage. Have you ever seen that? No. No. James Gordon. I'm black. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't <laughs> in it, but yeah. No. Okay. But there's this whole in- audience interaction bit that they do where they like bring someone in from the like there's a mess up on stage. They've got to bring someone in for the audience. She's like really embarrassed. It's like, oh, ha ha ha. It's so funny. And um, someone went to go and see it and it's a stage bit every single time. And it's just like, but it goes on for quite a while. Mm. And it's just like, that's such a large part of the show. That okay, was, so that feels like a betrayal. That you were felt like, a bit like a betrayal because they made it seem so genuine. Mm. And it was just so funny. Everyone was just like falling about, like, like dropping things or like feeling embarrassed. And it was all like, oh my God, we feel like we're in on this. And we're really getting behind this audience member for like stepping up to do this. And it was all a lie. You know who's bad for that? Improv groups. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's just a trope, isn't it? And it's just rehearsed. Yeah. Nothing is original. But I do understand it because you do, you used, I used to do it like when I did drama. Russell Hicks is the best of us. At just creating just genuine audience. Moments. Mm. Yeah. Specific moments that just are what they are. And are in a room and letting it die in a room. Mm-hmm. And then that's what we had as a group together. And then we'll go to our graves and die knowing we had that moment together and it was just us. I think that's a beautiful thing. That's really deep. Mm. It's always nice when I would say like an audit, you've written a joke and you know they're going to laugh. You know the bit works, but they, they maybe they, they might laugh at a bit that you didn't intend to be funny. Yeah. That can sort of break you out of the matrix a bit. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a cool moment. Here's a question. I just wanted to circle back to something where you were talking about kind of the being a Chelsea fan and yep. experiencing the racism. Because an interesting kind of thought is that racism is just a focus on the group rather than the individual you they're treating you as black before they're treating you as a person as an, as michael right yeah do you know what i mean so tra- collectivism and treating people as groups can lead to that kind of exclusionary stuff as well right yeah just as a group everyone else is just a group Everyone else yeah. is just... They lump all black people in together. They lump all white people in together. They lump whoever in together. Yeah, I guess that would kind of make sense from a group mentality. It's prejudice. It's prejudice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think that's like you kind of said, in summary. Yeah. In summary. Are we summing up now? I think, I think we're kind of at that point where you kind of... It has to be... Do you? So do you think it's better to start... As a default from an individualist mind, individualist mindset, or start from a collective mindset. I think we're all naturally born into a sort of a collective mindset. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to th- you've got to think for everyone because you are also part of the collective. Mm-hmm. We are all one ecosystem working together. So you've got to think for the benefit of everyone, but also treat everyone as their own individual like lives, experiences, and all of that, and then try to come to an understanding in the middle. Mm. And then I guess to end, I'd ask, how long do you think you could survive as as a nomad, as an individual? Just now, of, just like living. So I've had the experience of being around people, and now I've got to go. Yeah. And live now, now you're just living off the fruits of your labor. In you're in a forest somewhere. Okay. You've built yourself. You you know maybe you haven't even built the treehouse yet. How long? I've got to I've got to live off the land. I've yeah. got To fend for myself. Mm-hmm. How long b- before Bear you grills. die? Mm. Bear grills is it's not. A, because it's, it's not very cameraman. good. Yeah, it's not very good. Um, where, where as well? Is it hot? You're in Inverness. Do I have Factor Fifty sun cream? You don't. You're know. in Inverness. <laughs> but isn't there still sun? In, in Inverness. Okay, so the sun's not. 
not you're strong. Really, players. I know, but is that all you need? Just sunscreen, and you're good. You'll survive longer. I think f- as a ginger, I would survive longer in most places if I have at least factor thirty. Do you know mm-hmm. how to make sun cream? Uh, I don't know. It uses like coral bleaching stuff, doesn't it? It's actually really bad. So you're relying on the group, aren't you? Or you could get like eucalyptus from the tree and just spread that over. Yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't ever survive on my own in this thing because I'm going to live off the land, which is also a collective. Like that's mother nature. But I guess at the same time, it's still, it's still, yeah. It's organisms. Mm. It's Mowgli organisms. did that, didn't he? In the Jungle Book. He's not real, but yeah, that's that's an example of How somebody. do you know? Hmm? How do you know? Because Rudyard Kipling Rudyard. wasn't Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard. Rudyard, the author of the Jungle Book, he was not. How would you pronounce his name? Writing I think a biography. Is it Rudyard? I think it's Rudyard. Oh, okay. It's Rudyard. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, I've been saying it wrong for twenty years. <laughs> what about you, Vittorio? How long you can last of the, of the land? Four days. Four days. I think I I'm could do a week. All you'd need is your editing app. And you no. could create as long really as cool I can videos. put out clips, yeah, we're fine. Crowd How long work. do you think you could last? Wait, wait, wait! I've got it on YouTube. Okay. Uh, where are we? Yeah. It's and uh, we're gonna end there. You just see yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> Rudyard, he was racist anyway, so fuck yeah, him. probably. No. Oh, the, definitely. Definitely, he was anti-Indian, wasn't he? Oh. The white man's burden. Think the white man. Why are all of our ancestors shit? Hey, just whoa, whoa. Irish. Yeah, I said our. Our our. Our. As in you? Yeah. Because uh, us two, we're we're okay. Yeah. We're doing all right. I've well, got Italian stuff. That's not great to the Somalians, but that's all right. Mm. And that's for another day. <laughs> I don't even know about that one. Hey right, man, this has been this has been B Tech Philosophers. Normally, if Elliot was here, he'd be promoting his. Uh, festivals yeah and as a good friend I should do that for him but fuck that uh, instead <laughs> um, I'm at the Brighton Fringe next month I still don't know the date but when I when I get the date I'm going to let you know and you're going to come through because I've not written the show yet and I'm at, in fact we're going to edit that out there's nothing to promote this week <laughs> nothing's happening nothing's been going on nothing's going on uh, Phoebe do you have anything? no thank you so much for letting me on this side of the of no, no, I think I'm going to be put back and never to be wheeled out again. I mean, hopefully Elliot will come back. Hopefully. But we appreciate. And Vittorio, you got 17 things. I cancelled my Brighton French show. Oh, Vittorio's no. not going. Nobody go to Brighton. They Nobody. tried to charge me 200 quid through one show to 20 people. I was like, you can go fuck yourself. I've not sold any tickets. So I need to make sure I promote that. That's probably the amount I've paid at the moment as well. Anything you want to promote? Uh, Vittorio's podcast, if you're about V I T. Good luck. Yeah, find out. That's his one-man show podcast. And, yeah, uh, I've produced some episodes on that one too. Uh, let's not we'll do, just mentioning it a little bit. We're not doing the whole <laughs> thing. Um, it's been B Tech Philosophers. We'll be back next week with the um, original cast and uh, a new fresh topic. Thanks for listening, guys. Ciao. Beautiful.